0: We, of course, have been talking uh, about what a gospel movement is, and in, we've been using the phrase, it's the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole city. So we want to talk uh, about it again this morning and, and uh, finish this up. So can we start that um, first slide? Oh, we don't have... Yeah, can you hit that first one? So... This is us. This is our, our uh, a map of Eugene Junction City. It's perfect, hand-drawn, perfect. I'm an artist. you like that, you guys? There's so much more where that came from. You have no idea. <laughs> there we are. There's Christ Center. We think, oh, that's the church. Let's go ahead and hit that next slide. And then we talked about, well, that's not the church. This is the church. The church is all over the church. Extends to places like Coburg and Santa Clara and Eugene and Springfield and Harrisburg and Monroe and all over the place. And I just got tired of, you know, duplicating that little symbol. But you can see it's everywhere. Now, now we learned also, however, that those together make something big. Next one, Kyle. Look at that. Oh. Yes, I'm doing an internship at Pixar next month. It's going to be all circles all the time. It's going to be amazing. See that? What happens when it comes together? It not only becomes bigger. Hit that again, will you, Kyle? It not only becomes bigger. You go back and hit it again. Will that do that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, see? Also, things got a little brighter. Do you notice that? It got brighter. That's what happens. That's what happens. Uh, the, we, we, when we realize that we are many, when we realize how, how, how all the things that God's doing, all the people that he's doing it with, all the brothers and sisters we have in the community, we realize, hey, you know, maybe it's not quite as dark as we thought, you know? Like, I know there's darkness out there. We know that. We know there's darkness out there. But, you know, we don't need to, like, huddle together, you know, like, like we're some oppressed minority, and at any moment, we're going to be snuffed out. It's just not true. It's just not true. There are many of us. Sometimes I think we are a little bit like Elijah. Remember when Elijah was running away from Ahab and Jezebel, and he runs all the way to Mount Sinai. <laughs> it was a long, a long run, and God finally is like, hey, so uh, what are you doing? Why are you here? And he's like, oh, oh. Everyone but me has run away from you and turned their back. I'm the only one who's made faithful. And God rolled his eyes. That's in the deep Hebrew. Um, And said, dude, that's not true. There are many people. There are many people who, I said, I have 10,000 people who have not bent the knee to Baal. Like, stop it. Stop it. And sometimes I think we can be a little bit like that. Like, oh, it's so dark we realize it's not. Sometimes, you know, it's like you're doing your devotions at Starbucks, you're like, Lord, this city, this place is so hard, how can I reach these people, all these pagans, and you turn, you don't realize there's like a Bible study happening right behind you, and those people are like, Lord, how can we reach these pagans in Starbucks? How can we do this? Like, it really is true, there's always a Bible study going on in a coffee shop around here. It's just true, and it's awesome, it's amazing. So. I think, uh, I think this is actually true even in places that don't have a strong presence of the church. Sometimes in my YWAM days, we would use terms like, we're gonna bring Jesus to these people in wherever, Brazil, we're gonna bring Jesus. And it's like, well, Jesus comes with us, but Jesus is already there. You know what I mean? Oh, we're gonna bring him. Hey guys, I got a surprise for you kids. Jesus, like Jesus is already there doing things. And we get to go and join him in the things he's already doing. You hear me? So this is a beautiful thing. If we start feeling like this oppressive thing is here, just open your eyes and see all the other people who love Jesus around. And not only that, but there's a lot of people, most of your neighbors do not resent you that you're a Christian. You know that? The vast majority of our neighbors don't care that much. Like, most people are gonna be people who are, are actually people of goodwill. Now, I know there are people who resent you and resent me because we love him. That is true. But if you're convinced that that's most of the people, may I humbly suggest, with no sarcasm whatsoever here, I wanna humbly suggest that you log off for a while. That you pull back from social media, that you pull back from the internet, that you turn off cable news. Because what happens in those environments is that those loud, angry voices, the the craziest voices of all, the most angry about everything, get the most airtime. And then you start thinking, that guy that's probably just like my neighbor. And your neighbor's like, I don't believe what that guy's saying. You know what I'm saying? So the, the, the fringiest voices get the loudest, and we start thinking they're representative of the people around us, and that's just not true. Now, again, I know there's darkness around us, you guys, but what I'm telling you is things, God's doing some stuff. And we need to, to see that and open our eyes and see that and not exaggerate what's actually happening. Um, so people of faith and people of goodwill, that's what happens in a gospel movement. People of faith join with people of goodwill. That is people who just want the best for their communities. They might have very different ideas about how to get there. Okay, they might be have some ideas that are even in opposition to your ideas, but most of the time, they're after essentially the same thing you are, which is a, a good community, uh, and uh, um, you know, for, for their families to be able to thrive and for their neighbors to be able to thrive. So, some of the time, though, you can look at, say, you know, this picture, and over the years, some people have gotten tunnel vision when they think about the church to the point where a person would would come to Jesus and then they think, okay, the obvious next step if they wanna be effective is for them to be a pastor, which is really weird. Like, oh, now you need to go, you need to be a pastor or some sort of minister, maybe a missionary or something uh, because that's where all the real work happens. In other words, it's the spiritual things and that's the only thing that matters. Now to counter that idea, um, in the 1980s, there were two leaders who, felt like they had this, this picture from the Lord that society is not just the church. In fact, they, they looked on how to categorize it and how to think about different, uh, uh, about all of society. And so they broke it down. This was Lauren Cunningham from Youth of the Mission and Bill Bright uh, with Campus Crusade, which is now Crew. Can we hit the next slide there? And it looked like this. You have the church sphere, but you have other spheres too. You've got business, you've got education, you've got media, you've got government, you've got arts and entertainment, and of course, family. And that was just one you can break it down all different ways, but they're just showing we as believers need to be involved in all of these things, not just the church. In fact, if we're going to affect a city, if we're going to bless a city, we should be involved uh, in all of them. So are you, are you with me still? I feel like I'm super jittery and I need to take a drink of water. Is that okay with you guys? (laughs) Somebody caught on. I don't know who that was that, anyway, well done. Now, this is a really good way to to view this, but sometimes uh, there's changes in terminology that can be helpful in some ways and not so helpful in other. And this terminology has changed in in some places. Let's hit that next one. And we look at them instead of spheres of influence, but as mountains. it's the same idea, and i don't, like, we've used that term many times here, and on one hand, it's no different. However, there can be this shift in the metaphor, because uh, you know, a mountain, a sphere of influence is the thing you can, you can step into and spread light into. But when people see a mountain, they wanna climb that mountain. And sometimes, they wanna be king of the mountain. So we've had sort of this idea, let's go to the next slide see that? It's become like that. You see the problem? Instead of being a light in different spaces, the call sometimes becomes, it sounds very much like an authoritarian call. Like what we need to do is conquer all these spheres. What, what we need to do is just put Christians in at the very top of the mountain, Christians that believe just like I do, at the very top of the mountain, so that we can make everything the way it ought to be. It's a, it's a weird authoritarian kind of call. And I think, I don't think it's been a good trade. I think it cuts, I, for, there's a couple reasons why I think this doesn't work. The first is this, it just cuts against the way of Jesus. And remember, you remember Jesus reframed the, the very concept of leadership. You remember when he sat with his disciples and he told them things like, if you want to be the greatest, what do you have to be? The servant of all, <laughs> I mean, the servant of all. He even demonstrated that by washing the feet of his disciples, including the one who had betrayed him and was about to have him arrested and murdered, even him. Leadership to Jesus was reaching out. Leadership to to Jesus was, was taking up the towel and serving. To be the servant of all, not just the people he was with. The servant of all. Jesus served even his enemies. So when we're looking at reaching our communities, I want to say I don't think that is the best metaphor, the mountains. And it's fine if you use the terminology. I'm not saying don't use the terminology. I'm just saying don't let it become an authoritarian kind of thing. Gospel movement does something different, okay? It does something uh, pr- pretty cool. Let's go back to, to, let's go to slide eight there. Rather than conquering a mountain, a church and a gospel movement seeks to be a blessing to every sector of the city, okay? And this is, this is a really strategic thing about the church. You ever thought about this? The church is already in every single sector. You guys are the church, we are the church, or one part of the church in Willamette Valley. We're everywhere. (laughs) How many of you are in business? How many of you work at a business? Okay. How many of you guys are students or teachers or do anything in this school? Okay. Yeah, there's a lot of you here, right? How many of you guys post things on social media? Okay, you're in the media. That used to be a very restricted thing where you couldn't get word out. Now you can, anybody can write or share anything. It's actually pretty amazing, okay? How many of you guys, uh, well, you know, you go all the way through. How many artists do we have in the house? Okay, all kinds of things. You're in the arts, how many of you are in a family? Okay, there you go, most of you are in in a family, okay? And then of course, all of us vote hopefully, right? And then some of you guys are involved, maybe not in in an elected position, Although we have certainly had city councilmen and all kinds of different elected people in here. But also, we have social workers, who's an extension of the city, right? Um, we have all kinds of people who are involved in government. In other words, here we are, we are the church. On Sunday, we gather like this. And then what do we do? We go out and we take the light of Jesus into all the different places. That's what happens in a gospel movement. People begin to realize hey, wait a minute. We, if we work together, we can do some amazing things because, look, we're everywhere. The church is the only sphere like that. It's everywhere. You guys are everywhere. So, that, that's a, a beautiful thing. I, I'd say the church is, one of the church's superpowers is its connectivity. So, where does that leave us? This is exactly what's happening around the world, you guys, is that people are realizing this is where we are, realizing we're all over. So wait a minute, what could we do? Because when you realize the opportunity, then you're like, okay, so what could the church do to bless the city then? Now we could do all kinds of things. And they begin to dream, they begin to talk to people uh, about what are the needs of the city and how can they help them. They begin to pray, they begin to put their heads and their hearts together and come up with incredible solutions. This is what's happening around the world. When we talk about the city gospel movements, we're talking about this happening in cities around the globe. And uh, one of them was a city that I had never heard before called Toowoomba in Australia. Toowoomba, it sounds like it's in Australia, it's amazing. This is, uh, the the church there joined together uh, with their entire community in in some really powerful ways, especially in terms of reaching out to vulnerable women. Uh, I'm gonna show you a video where the CEO of this group is gonna talk and tell you what they've been doing.
1: City Women began back in the early 2000s after a challenge from our Mayor Di Thorley. She came and spoke at a group of women, Christian women, and she said you ladies are doing great things inside your church but why don't you get outside the four walls of your church and do something in the city. So we took that challenge on board and we began Girls Getaway Camp, taking away about 20 girls up to the Bunya Mountains, giving them a weekend of love and fun and pampering. During that weekend I was talking to five teenage girls and each one of them had shared about being sexually abused used in their life we got to the fifth one and she looked at me and she said teach we need help and that was a real turning point for me I knew that we could no longer just continue doing church the way we've done it we weren't being effective our women's ministries weren't reaching the city we decided that it takes a citywide church to win a citywide battle and so for the last 12 to 13 years we have been mobilizing women outside the four walls and into our city We also became aware of the needs in our city, the brokenness in families, the sexualisation of culture, the children going into foster care, the homelessness, the drugs, the depression, the eating disorders, the abuse, the list just goes on and on. These things are alive and well in Toowoomba. Uh, What we've been able to accomplish together has been far more than what we could accomplish in our own individual efforts. So in about the last 13 years, we've been able to run 54 camps for teenage girls, taking away over 3,000 girls from Toowoomba on special weekends. We've pioneered the Bellaray magazine that now goes around our nation and into other nations as well. We've been able to start a pregnancy support centre, Eva's Place, coming alongside women who find themselves unexpectedly pregnant. We also have the sisters team who provide friendship for migrant and refugee women. Our Rahab team that goes into the streets of Toowoomba and comes alongside the sex workers offering support and just so many practical needs that they need. Our Hope for Our Children team have provided over 500 backpacks for kids in care. Also we're in schools, many of our schools teaching girls about their value and worth. This has been part of our journey for the last 12 years. We've still got a long way to go in our city, still so many more needs, so many hurt and broken women and girls. Would you come and join us? Would you be a part of an army that is being mobilized into our city and making a difference? Isn't
0: that amazing? And I don't know if you, you catch that. So they're already meeting together, okay? There's a unified church across all, a whole bunch of different churches meeting together and the mayor comes and challenges them. Hey, how about, could you guys help our community? What would happen if instead of you did, you know, these individual events that you begin to see the needs of the community and pour into them? And did you see how many spheres or sectors that they're dealing with? Did you notice all that? You've got the government sphere, you've got arts, they're doing a whole uh, magazine that's dedicated to women to showing their worth. They're dealing in stuff like media. They have campaigns against pornography and against sexual exploitation in advertisements. They're dealing with women in the sex industry. They have a whole ministry to them. These women, they will come and bring gifts to these women that work at strip clubs and begin to form relationship with them. And and all kinds of stuff, you guys. Stuff that sounds kind of scandalous, but they want them to know, you can get out of this. You have value. Incredible movement that happens because... God's people begin to work together for the good of the entire city. Isn't that a beautiful story? Now, here's what you need, again, to understand. This stuff is happening all over the world. Tom and Terry White, uh, who we pray for often, and they've spoken here before, um, this this is their entire ministry is traveling around the world and meeting with these city reaching teams of pastors and ministry leaders and and business leaders and government officials, they can work together and pray together and discuss together how can we bring, how can we affect change in our city? How can we bring more light to our city? Not only for people who believe, but for those who don't believe. It's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. How can we work together to love our city? So it is a movement. And it's happening around the world. Now, I am very thankful that it's happening here as well. Do you guys know that it's happening here? Because it's happening here. (laughs) It has for a long time. In our context, the primary facilitator of the unified effort to reach our city has been the One Hope Network. Uh, and it started with regular prayer gatherings of pastors and, and leaders. For years, they were meeting together, long before I came here. And uh, it, for our community, we uh, ended up adopting a different lens to see things through. Instead of seven spheres, let's hit that next one. Uh, instead of seven, oh, sorry, let's go, let's go the next one. Instead of seven, look at 10 sectors of society um, adding in the medical sector, sports, and also first responders. So those different communities which don't quite fit into those seven spheres. Um, so what we, that's the way that we've uh, uh, been looking at the city. And here's the cool thing. Our entire strategy for prayer is all about this. Because here's what happens. I know we've talked about this before, but maybe you've never understood what, what they're actually doing. We have, of course, people all around Lambent Valley who work in business, who work in education, et cetera. And every month, there are leaders from those different sectors that work all across the cities and come together. They're believers in Jesus from different churches, different ministries, et cetera. And they come together and they discuss and they pray and they talk about what are the, what are the biggest needs of our city and how can the body of Christ stand with us? And they come and they decide those things and that's what ends up going on our prayer list that we pray for with one church one day. We're praying, in other words, along with people who are doing this, who have a holistic love for their community. So that happens in business, that happens in education, that happens with first responders, that happens with our government officials. And it's so easy to look at some of the broken things in our society and go, man, if only they could get it together, if only they could make this work, and, and like as if this is this big system that against us, but that system is made up of individuals. And sometimes there's really bad ideas that govern those individuals, but sometimes it really is just people, it's your neighbors working within certain systems trying to affect change. So if the body of Christ understood more of what was going on, we have a better understanding of how to pray. How about that? And how to really bring uh, uh, more light and more love to our city. That happens in all of them. So i want to invite uh, one of the longtime leaders of One Hope, Kristen Wall. Um, Kristen, come on up here. She's been working with One Hope for 13 years. And of course, she's one of our elders. And of course, she happens to be married to Pastor Mark. And of course, she's also the director of, oh, you have that one? It doesn't matter. Is it working? Right, you can go that one right there. Let's do that. Is this one that. working? That's working. Um, is the director um, of Every Child. So, Kristen, as we're talking about all of these different things, I'm reminded of the time I I came with the One Hope team to New York in 2014 for a big gathering of city-reaching teams. And, And while we were there, we had all kinds of prayer going on, and God just spoke some things about our community and how he wanted us to help. Can you tell us that?
2: Yes. So one of the things that is amazing about the One Hope Network is we could do a thousand really good things together. Like if you think about this, if we have 50 to 60 churches in our community saying we want to serve and love in our community, we could come up with a thousand things. And we're really uh, together. When I say we, it's, it really isn't just the leadership of One Hope. It is a discernment p- process with lots of pastors and people from other spheres of the city. So we were in uh, New York, and as per usual, that has been the cadence for the 13 years I've been there with Steve and Patty, um, we are always praying, God, what's on your heart for this season um, as we step in? And the Lord just, we call it the cloud formation, all of us that were there in New York um, around this table, because it was just like he was showing us that here's some things you'd been doing. And then you know, Project Hope, you're loving um, marginalized kids and families that just need a little extra for school. And he was kind of showing them all these things. It was starting to, as we were looking at it, it was telling the story of how we've been stepping in in all these different places within our community to just serve and love. And he really began to highlight um, that his heart for the next season was for the most vulnerable children in our community. and, and, And part of that was kids within foster care who have been removed from their home because of severe abuse and neglect.
0: And we had already seen different uh, mm-hmm. communities in Oregon that were, particularly up in Portland, mm-hmm. that were doing something about that. So how did that, how did that connection take place?
2: Well, we all knew that we really heard this. Joshua was there. Um, and so what we did was we started praying into it. And we decided, well, together, we could just take a step to love foster kids. So we did Foster Family Funday. And we all came together and and did that. Our church was a big part of that um, with, I think, 12 other churches at the time. And we just opened Camp Harlow, loved the kids. And yet we still prayed, God, what's a sustainable way that we, the church, could step in to support foster care? And we got a call from the City Reaching Movement in Portland that we're friends with. And they said that the director of DHS um, statewide had asked them um, to um, start what was every child at the time in Portland in all the counties across the state um, to support kids and families in foster care. And we had heard about it, Um, but to to get a call that said that the director of ODHS statewide asked the churches to do this um, was a big deal and quite the answer to prayer. I mean, they had us at hello because yeah. we've been praying for a year about it.
0: Yeah, so you, you end up starting this nonprofit, Every Child of Lane County, mm-hmm. which was working alongside DHS, mm-hmm. and you guys were blessing foster families. You're also recruiting new foster families yeah. that would be able to help these kids. And uh, that would mean you're working alongside DHS workers. Mm-hmm who don't always have the best yeah, relationship with the community and sometimes with the church. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so the very first thing we did is, now, I, what I loved what you said um, a few minutes ago was God is already ahead of us and he's already working and he's already revealing his heart to believers and people of goodwill. It's not just believers that he's talking to. And so we were able to The very first thing we did was recognize that the guardians, the the legal guardians of children in foster care is the state of Oregon. It is Child Welfare Division. And so we made an appointment with the top five um, at DHS locally for Lane County. And we came to them and just said, how could we help you? And what we didn't even realize at the time, and, and I'm cutting the story short, is that Their perception of the community was that the community really, really, really didn't like DHS. Because what the community heard about DHS was on the front cover of the newspaper, which isn't great.
0: No, no. And
2: I had DHS workers tell me as I got to know them that they didn't even tell their friends and family that they worked for DHS because they were embarrassed. They said they worked for the government because there was a lot of brokenness in it. So when we came along as a, a group of churches to say how can we help and support you in what you're doing they were shocked because they hadn't had the community come and ask them that question and so they were like wow we need help with this 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 and 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 we just together when i say we all of us just kept stepping in, and we did what they asked. And then we would come back and ask and step in and ask and step in. We've been doing it for seven years together.
0: And that's included. I know some of you guys have been a part of some of, like, the, the, the makeover rooms. Uh, First the thing we did. Visitation. And, and, like, that that was, like, many churches coming together, mm-hmm. people with different skills and ideas coming together to bless DHS workers and these kids Mm -hmm. and there was that and you had different events and all kinds of things Including this is one of my favorite things was bringing lunch for DHS workers
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: that because how did how did that feel to them? What were the reactions you got from that?
2: Oh, they were blown away. They didn't understand it, you know, and I think one of the things that that there that there is really as we stepped out to communicate to churches in the public that a different narrative for DHS, a narrative of honor and of trust and coming along beside them and and sharing about needs in foster care. What I don't think we realized was that there was a perception within DHS about Christians. And I learned it along the way, actually. and but what was neat is now they're realizing wait this is a group of people that have an ethos that says it is better to give than to receive yeah. that we're supposed to open door we it, our heart is to open doors for strangers and to have and to give radical hospitality and when we just showed up and served and served and served as the corporate churches I think we have we've had over fifty three churches serve in seven years through every child in lots of different ways a lot of them together. Um, it has just. We have become good friends. I yeah. meet um, quarterly with the top five, the district manager of Lane County, um, and then the five program managers, and we've become friends. Yeah. And they, and there, it has built a ton. You guys, the the trust and the equity of them calling us when the fires happened, and they called us and said, "Here's the names and numbers of of you know t- 20 families that have been evacuated, and they're sitting in hotels. Will you as and they know that we're representing churches, and every child is for everyone who has a heart, not just for, yeah. we are raising yeah. up our whole community. So if you have a heart to help kids in, in foster care, we're welcoming you, this isn't just a church strategy, it's a Jesus strategy yeah. that's bigger than just the church.
0: Yeah, And I it's really
2: changing things.
0: Did you catch this though, you guys? The church, DHS is saying, we have a crisis, we need help, who do we go to? Let's go to the church. This is DHS in Eugene, Oregon, you guys.
2: Now, I want to I make really clear that every child is an initiative of One Hope. It started as an initiative of the pastors saying together, yes, we are our own 501c3 now, right. and yeah. we're raising up the whole community. But the core of it, I just talked to the top five um, DHS workers in the last month. I had a meeting with them, and about 90% of everything we do is the churches or, or believers that are stepping in to do that.
0: Isn't that beautiful? And now... There's still a lot of challenges, for sure, right? I mean, there still are all kind, there's still all kinds of work to be done there. There are some things ahead to be concerned about and to be praying into. But having established that track record of we are trustworthy and we love the city, that opens doors, doesn't it?
2: Oh, huge. Huge. Yeah. They're bringing us into their problems now and asking us to come along. And we do not come with answers We, we, our posture is very important. We are not the church that has all the answers. We're coming to say in that posture of how can we help you? How can we assist you? And we talk through things and we've got some really big ideas, like really cool things that I'm working with the district manager right now, um, ahead. So
0: that's amazing. So that's just one example of what God's doing through this gospel movement in our, our county. Isn't that a beautiful thing? But there's more though, like there's so many, I, you know, like I say, you've been involved in leadership of One Hope for 13 years. Um, I mean, back, back in the day, we weren't doing much with public schools. In fact, we, mm-hmm. there was also that sort of relationship with public schools that was a, a, a lot of distrust and things like that. And not that all of that has been healed, but in working with Project mm-hmm. Hope, What's been the result of relationship with principals oh, and administrators? Oh, huge.
2: They're doing the same things. I mean, we've been working much longer with the schools and developing relationships, and they will call us. And you heard Stephen Patty, those who were here a couple weeks ago, give some examples. And again, remember what call us is. Yes, yeah. they call one hope, but they know who we're representing, we're mobilizing our churches to step into our community.
0: And the church in our community is also stepping into things like homelessness. Have yeah. you heard of Everyone Church or Everyone Village, that's, mm-hmm. I, that's you know, a, a group in Eugene who's got the attention of city mm-hmm. administrators, of the, of the news media. I've seen news reports about, about mm-hmm. the church's involvement with the homeless population mm-hmm. that's been glowingly positive. Yeah. Can you imagine that?
2: Yeah, one of the amazing things is God's ideas of of looking at the church and, and calling us into the city, even the biggest church in our community could not do it alone, the yeah. things that He's asking us. He is He is giving us His heart for things that it has to take all of us to do because He wants us to work together because we are His kids. So I think it's so yeah. important.
0: Working together through the sectors. I mean, just as mm-hmm. you were talking about um, every child, if you're thinking about all the different sectors that are involved here, you've got police involved, you've got government involved, you've got business leaders, even little business leaders, the coffee shop coming in and supporting and giving all this money, families giving, people in school. My kids go to Eugene Christian School and they would make welcome boxes yeah. for the kids. So it's people in all different sectors working together to affect change and bring the light of Christ.
2: It's really beautiful. And one thing that I would say to you all is one of the things If you're my close friend, you'll hear this from me all the time. I feel so honored, and I think I could speak for our our leadership here, that I feel like I live in a helicopter above our city, and I get to see how God is moving in the churches corporately, Um, you know, and it's so, it's, the kingdom of heaven's 100% relational, And so I I honestly could tell you that my closest 30 friends are pastors and ministry leaders in other churches. I I was friends, I've been friends with you guys. You're the first person that I met my first meeting. And Um, you're still here. And here we are, 13 years later, we're, we're, they're my closest friends. And so as I'm in this helicopter and we're in this helicopter seeing the city, I wanna invite you. Um, It is so encouraging to hear stories of what God's doing in our community all around. So I really want to invite you all, you know, as Steve and Patty have talked, you've heard these last four weeks, to jump in the helicopter and see with us um, of what God's doing, and you can do that by going to um, the One Hope Network, network onehopenetwork.org, and it says, join the story, stay connected, and you'll be getting all these stories if you jump on. And we are really good as a church to share stories along the way also, Um, but it is really encouraging to see beyond what we can see. Yeah. To see what God's doing in our city.
0: And everybody can be involved in two immediate things, okay? If you're excited about gospel movement or intrigued, two things I want to encourage you to do. One is get that prayer guide, okay? Next Thursday is our day to pray for one church one day. Get that prayer guide because now you're understanding what that is and these people uh, coming together with that, that intel. The second thing is to sign up for Project Hope. Come love our schools with us. We've been doing that for uh, at least 10 years here. I don't know how long. But come and let's love our schools together. That's paid huge dividends in our relationship with the community and people's understanding of who the people of God are. So we just want to invite you into those two things. Do you have anything else?
2: No, it's amazing and exciting and encouraging. So I just... I think it's so good. I'm so excited for these yeah. four weeks to, to help us just to see beyond of what God's doing in our community. Yeah. And it's, there's a lot of hope and a lot of cool things and a lot of miracles that we can share with one another.
0: Let's, we have you guys stand up. Kristen, I want you to, to close us in prayer. And I, I would just like you to pray for an influx of hope into our lives as individuals, a part of this this yeah. congregation,
2: Lord, we are so thankful of your faithfulness that you are already moving in in amazing ways, in humble, secret ways, in within our community and people all over our community. And we thank you that your church is part of this story and is in every sector of our community. I want to thank you for just the grace. Um, of giving us eyes to see and ears to hear of the things that you that are on the heart of heaven, to restore and rebuild in our community, God, I ask that for for us at Christ Center, I want to continue to ask that you would encourage us, and show us, and um, give us ways that we get to step in, show everybody here at Christ Center right where they're at, whether they go to school or or work on Monday. God, we ask that you would um, give them eyes to see the importance that they are hand-picked and placed right where they are today to be part of your story and what you're doing in our community. God, give them eyes to see and ears to hear. Encourage hearts and help them find other believers in their sectors. And, and God, just bless us. And Lord, we ask that you'd bless our city and rebuild our city, that you would touch broken families and heal them, that you would, um, that you would shine at Project Hope and show hope and, and love and care for um, our friends and families in our communities, God, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Kristen. You guys need prayer for anything? <clears throat> I invite you to come forward. Prayer team's coming up. Have a wonderful week. We love you guys.